We're still talking about Jungle Cruise. I'll bet you some of the student writers that I worked with in college would have written a more coherent storyline. Uh, I saw the bluffs. No, y'all cannot. No, 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 no. I want, I want you, first of all, if you haven't, don't go watch a YouTube series called The Bluffs. I worked on it, and I wrote part of it. Don't. Just don't. You know who writes The Bluffs? One washed-up professor who sits in a writer's room full of people with great ideas that he then ignores and says, we'll do this instead. Because that is exactly what happened to me in my writer's class. And it's why I don't, I, for a minute, I had no respect for writers. Because I th thought it was a waste of time after that fucking class. With hindsight and age, and having watched some really poorly performing movies, uh, I have come to the realization that uh, one bad writer will fuck a whole writer's room up. Especially if they have a modicum of power. It's a fucking nightmare. Oh, baby. You know who could have written this movie better? Michael. This trip from down to James's past was brought to you by Jungle Cruise, which is the movie we're talking about, James. I would rather talk about the bluffs. <laughs> I, have mo I have better things to say about the bluffs. I'm going to kick this episode <laughs> off. Uh, actually talking about the movie now. Are you going to talk with, about the plot? Um, No, I wanted to know, can The Rock actually play the guitar? I, he, he, surely he has to have. Because, like, Frank starts playing the guitar, and I was just genuinely curious, can The Rock play the guitar? So, no, not about the plot. Because um, we were kind of talking about this in between filming live on stream, but, like, we realized that in the last episode we didn't really talk about the plot as much as we normally would during a recording of City Wave Cinema. Um, but that's because there's not a lot that happens. I was making a comparison between, like, this movie and the seventh Harry Potter book when they're in a tent for a thousand years and nothing of real consequence happens for, like, 20-plus chapters. Um, that's this movie. Except instead of, like, there being cool stuff that happens before and after... It's just the tent chapters. We're just on a river for, like, the entire time. Chat's correct. Yes, he can, and he can play the ukulele, because God looked at him and said, you can have all of James's talent. Not the best at singing, though. He doesn't need to have everything, okay? He's the size of a mountain. He's had an indefinite career. And he will he also maintain does it an indefinite. Age. No. Can we talk about The Rock has looked the same like his entire fucking life? Well, that's not necessarily true. There was that time when he had hair in a fanny pack, and that was a different time. He had hair? Have you not seen the infamous picture of Dwayne in the 90s with hair and a fanny pack and a turtleneck and a gold chain? Oh, baby! It's peak Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> Raker, and put it in the Discord. <laughs> once again, um, back to the Jungle Cruise movie. I don't want to. I straight up don't want to. I don't um, want to talk about this fucking movie. Ah! All I wrote about... Because uh, next, what the German guy does is he wants... <laughs> we're, we're talking about the movie, damn it, James! Jesse Plemons is in this movie too, by the way. The German man, um, 
goes to find because what we we what we didn't tell you because we kind of forgot about it because it happened in that five minutes of exposition at the beginning of the movie that did not stick in James's and I's heads at all. Um, the original people who went to go find the Tears of the Moon failed epically and ended up getting taken by the forest and like as part of a quote unquote curse. Um, and they've been stuck there this entire time. Allegedly. Allegedly, which is true, because the German man goes and finds them. Um, with no trouble. Like, it he just... knows exactly where they are. And we find out later that that's, like, was never documented by anyone because of things that happened in the plot later on. And I was like, so how the fuck does he just rule up on these bitches and, like... I... Nothing will be explained, and you will sit there and like it. Look at Dwayne on screen and be entertained, peasants. That's the movie. Um, also, Jack Whitehall's there. I He goes and he finds the original people who sought out the tears, who've been kept in the curse, and he... Um, they are conquistadors, by the way. 400 years old, at this point. Drop some river water on them, because that's the big thing, is the curse keeps them tied to the river, so they can't get too far away from the river. Or they turn to stone. So, which is poorly explained for one and a half hours of the movie. Yeah, it didn't, I didn't know they would turn to stone. I knew that the river would drag them back, but then... Anyways. It's so... I'm, I swear to God, it's the worst written movie I've watched in a long time. And we watched the Flintstones. We watched both Flintstones movies, and both of those movies have coherent plots and dialogue that makes sense, okay? That's the bare fucking minimum, and Disney couldn't fucking find it. They couldn't fucking get there. It's befuddling. Um, anyways, all this to be said, I hated the rebirth of the Conquistadors, because one of them is made of bugs, and that really... Uh, not if, As much as freaking... Lily doesn't want to go swimming. I don't want to ever see that bee man ever again. Oh, he's, he had some good jokes, too. He, was, <laughs> he, was, he, he had some good he lines. He was out of the conquistadors. He was the <laughs> like, most solidly made character. Um, each, each of these dead conquistadors has a sort of... Where they got stuck yeah. in the jungle is like they're what like, took over their body. They're like made up of nature. In, like, a Barbosa, or not a Barbosa, a Davy Jones-esque yeah, way, like, yeah, part yeah. of the ship kind of thing. Yeah. Um, sorry, you didn't see who that was. Oh, I know. Um, so, yeah, that kind of, like, no. I don't want to see the bugs. I don't want to deal with the bugs. I don't like the bugs. But, yes, the yeah. Bee Man was the most, like, well-rounded of the conquistadors, and he's not even the main villain. No, he's not. He wasn't the leader of that fucking expedition. No, he's not. Um... God, it's fucking embarrassing. I once again wrote McGregor is the only good part of this movie. It I don't know what about, but just stands to reason that McGregor is the only good part of this movie, and I will keep iterating that. It's kind of like when James watched Fantastic Beasts and just talked about Jacob the entire time. That's how this movie was for me. I basically only tuned in fully when McGregor was on screen. Oh, uh, okay. I have to get back to my notes because uh, there is some form of sense in my notes. There are no stakes and nothing is reasonable. This note was taken at a time af in the middle of their adventure into the rapids, which we talked about in the last episode. Um, they insist on taking the dangerous route against all sense of any kind. Um, go into the rapids. 
which should be pointed out that everything that happens from this point on is Lily's fault. Absolute fact. Um, Dwayne gets distracted as he's piloting the boat, looks up, boom, waterfall. Problem, right? So we spin the motherfucker around, point it upstream. And we have been shown up to this point that this boat is ramshackle at best. This It is falling apart. It has been shot by a huge machine gun. And moreover, its engine is held together with rags and rusted bolts. And he pushes this motherfucker as hard as he is willing to. Hard as he can. Right? Maxes it. Gas pedal into the floorboards. And they don't go over the waterfall. With a very strong current. This isn't like a little, like, over, like... It's like it's a like cliff. It's a cliff's worth. With a raging waterfall from a rapid... Now, I don't know if you've ever been whitewater raft, like rafting, but it is almost... The if, currents are no joke. If you they get kill people. stuck in those... Yeah, you're not getting out. You have to wear a helmet when you go on rapids. In case you go overboard because you might die. So, uh, I said fucking nope, they go over that cliff. Also, Absolutely. during this time, the cat got drunk. The jaguar got drunk. Yes, which plays into the next note, which is that immediately after they get away from these rapids and into a more gentle channel of the river, uh, every character except Dwayne Johnson vomits on screen. Unnecessary. For no reason. Like, it's like a... Oh, the cat ha-ha. has a reason. Every, yeah, the cat got drunk and threw up because the cat was drunk. But it was like... It was like playing up the city slickers or get tossed around and get seasick for a laugh, but it's only funny if you don't directly see vomit and you directly see vomit from everyone who throws up. Which, as someone who has, like, a sensitivity to that... So unnecessary. It was unnecessary and disgusting. I don't like it. Just watching awful vomit. I, I wrote the, I, I wrote the note. I, I, I wrote sentences. I did not end these sentences in question marks. I ended them in periods. I said, why did everyone throw up? That's a sentence. It's not a question. I'm not asking why. I'm asking God. Um, who wrote this? It's, it's worse than the Haunted Mansion. I wrote the audacity of this bitch... I don't know why, but I don't really need a reason to know why anymore. Yes, I know why. It's because she went in his room. Well, okay. Okay. So the All one, right. the one rule, and this is you. You're gonna do your thing, and then I'm gonna rant about my least favorite part of the movie. But the precursor is there's one rule on the boat. The rule on the boat is you don't go into captain's quarters. It's off, and you can sleep anywhere below deck, above deck, whatever. You don't go into his room. That's the only rule. It's locked. That's it, right? Go. Um, to answer Chat's question, hundred percent. I I wouldn't call it a sympathetic. I'd call it more like a doesn't want to be around that ever. Um. So yeah, this bitch fucking <laughs> waits till they're off the boat chopping firewood for reasons that I don't understand. Um. And uh. <laughs> Waits for them to, like, both the boys, so McGregor and Frank, are off chopping branches that... They're from, chopping wood for the for the boat. Um, and waits for that, goes down there, takes one look at that closed door and goes, eh, I know how to pick locks. Fuck you, Frank. Opens the door. And just starts snooping through his shit. 
Like, I, I still say, push her overboard, take the arrowhead, and call it a fucking day. No one likes her. And then we get, um, I'm going to lead into this because I know James is going to be upset about it. So I'm going to lead into this. We're, we have a really uh, touching moment. I think it was handled very well. I know James is going to probably say other things, but we have a really touching moment where we have a rarity in Disney. It's becoming more common, but we do have a rarity in Disney film where we have an openly gay character. We find out that McGregor has put been- a fucking asterisk on that, by the way. Um, we find out that McGregor has been proposed to by several women and has turned them all down because he has other interests as he calls them. Um, and that's kind of really all that said. Basically, he's been disowned by his family. The only one that still talks to him or even, um, engages with him is Lily. And Frank just, they cheers it. And that's kind of it. It was, I thought it, I liked it. I think it was nice. Um, James, you ready? Okay. It was a nice part of the movie for me. Go. I am all for a couple of things from this scene. Now, a male character opening up and having a heart-to-heart with another male character that is not directly related to him Fuck yes. That's awesome. Dudes need to talk about their feelings because they have them, and when they stuff them, they get violent and problematic, okay? So it's awesome to see this play out in real life. Yes, McGregor is quote-unquote an openly gay character. It is never explicitly said what he is interested in except that it's not women. That is implied strongly, but not stated. So this is a moment where Disney had the opportunity to take a character perfectly cast and just lean into the it's okay for this to be this way as they have not really opted to do before ever but what they did was they kept it so opaque and vague and unlabeled they gave themselves an opportunity to be a vulnerable company to back up the things that they say in their PR, to back up their own company policies, and straight up balked at the last second. They could have swung and hit a home run on McGregor's character because he's one of the funniest characters in the movie. He's well-liked. To my understanding, he is one of the better parts of the movie, especially for, to my eyes, from what I've seen. It's hilarious. It's a great character. And he's the only one who has an actual story arc the whole time, which is really fucking funny. He has real character growth. He, he does. He has real character growth. And no one else does, by the way. Um, but it's it was so frustrating to see them set themselves up with this dynamic of 
the guy in the girl guy relationship, although it's siblings, the guy in this pair is not rugged, rough and tumble, can't really handle himself. That's what they set him up to be. They let him have his emotional vulnerability moment. But what they didn't do was state anything about it. And they put him with a character who, true to his character, just kind of doesn't give a shit. So there's emotional vulnerability with no payoff, no definition. And it's in a scene shared with someone who goes, all right. There's no there's no payoff for that scene. It's it's cheap tricks. It's it's wasted time. I said at the beginning of the movie or at, in the last episode I said this. I said this movie is an hour and a half of edging and then your dick gets cut off for the last 30 minutes of the movie. This is at the back end of the edging. You're you're literally begging and screaming for something to happen and they give themselves bases loaded with a slugger up to bat and they walk him they score a morality point victory and it's fucking trash it's you could have done it it could have been so good you had the opportunity to make it good and make it okay and you just hands off. You you said Jesus take the wheel, and you went over the cliff with the car. And then I don't know that they've said anything about whether or not this is a success or a failure of a movie. But the car went over the cliff, and it's a piece of shit. The car did, but the boat didn't. I'm gonna leave the set again. Um. So irritating to me we leave that very sweet touching moment to go back to the boat where there it has now been um boarded by tribes people that no one notices board the boat and instead they all just get shot with trank darts by the tribes people now later we find out that there's a reason that no one notices get them get on the boat and that's because they're all like friends of frank's so the cat just fucks off, doesn't care about them getting on the boat, because he's like, oh, those are the fucking friends of the dude. All right, cool. But, like, that, there's, again, it's just so much doesn't get explained. And so we go, we get kidnapped by the tribes people, and we get basically threatened, like, give us the arrowhead, or we're gonna eat you, and blah, blah, blah. Um, and... McGregor has some solid one-liners in here because the only person who got good lines is Jack Whitehall. And the only reason they're good lines is because he uh, improvised them himself. I really liked the line of, give the nice cannibal the arrowhead. Give the nice cannibal the arrowhead. But, yeah. So, um, yeah. Then it's it's all revealed to be a ruse. They're not actually going to eat them. They're friends of Frank's who put on this show to, like, scare tourists. Once again. No stakes. Edging. No stakes. Kill a main character. Commit. Commit to the bit. Kill someone important. Take a mainline actor and fucking lobotomize him. Kill somebody. 
I don't give a fuck who it is. Kill Jesse Plemons. He's the bad guy for crying out loud. And you know what? There's a moment where, a little while later, you think he might be dead. But guess what? He just isn't because nothing is real. There are no rules. We do get to meet Trader Sam, who is a woman. Um, and a better female protagonist than fucking Lily. I would rather watch an entire movie of fucking Trader Sam doing Trader Sam shit than watch the rest of this movie. Um, they trade a really cool top hat for her. Is it really cool? It looks good on Trader Sam. Um, for Trader Sam to translate the arrowhead. She translates the arrowhead just in time for there to be some inner party arguing and... Now Lily doesn't trust Frank, not that she ever really did. And yes, James. We missed a brief part, and by we, I mean I missed it because you were talking about it while I was prepping my rant about the sexuality bit. Um, There's a, a line that Lily has after she breaks in and steals all his shit. Well, it doesn't steal it, but like confronts him about the stuff that he has, mm-hmm. where she calls him selfish and arrogant or no no no. that happens in the tree when you're where we are right now yeah what happens before is she says that he owes them and i was flabbergasted at how entitled she could be in this moment because no one is that entitled in real life especially not people who go into dangerous situations despite what the boomers might tell you no person with a brain is so entitled to pay for something, get told exactly what they're getting paid for or what they're paying for and then get it in its entirety and then be upset about something entirely unrelated and say that they owe them for it. It doesn't make any sense. It, it, what, what, we're tr- what I'm trying to say is she, she is being entitled <coughs> pardon me about something unrelated to anything else that happens. It's befuddling. Entirely. I don't get it. Lily's a Karen. Lily is not real. Lily is not a real person. No, she's a character in a movie. You know who was better on screen than Lily? If you say Tina, I will walk out. Tina motherfucking Goldstein (laughs) is a better character than Lily Houghton, and I would throw myself off a fucking bridge if I have to watch more of Tina fucking Goldstein in the next goddamn Harry Potter kind of movie. We may never get those, so you might be off the hook. I might be spared. Jumping from a bridge. But Jesus motherfuck is Lily so fucking awful. Alright, so um, then because they've been bribed by the uh, Germans, the conquistadors roll up 
and uh, murder a ton of innocent tribes people. Oh, and it's it's like not even a contest at arms. It is now bearing in mind these are now supernatural mythical beings. They're zombies. They're zombies who move unlike people do via the trees and nature and shit and they just straight up murder like 30 people and it's a disney movie so you know there's not like blood and gore but it's not implied it's on screen they just straight up murder these motherfuckers and it's not even close like they don't take damage until a main character touches them and it's the most avengers bullshit i've ever seen yeah it was it, I, I just felt really bad i was like these poor fucking tribes people really they were out here doing a fucking acting gig they were on set this was an acting gig set up and paid for by Dwayne! What's his real name? Frank. I don't even fucking know the main character's name. I watched the whole movie tonight! So unmemorable. Um, and they're there to get the arrowhead. Um, which, James, here's how, here's how, here's another issue with the beginning part of the movie <laughs> that didn't stick in James and I brain. For most of the movie, James and I just kept looking at each other. We're like, they just told, like, because she translates the arrowhead, so now they know the location of the tree, right? It's like, they, they know the location, like, fuck the arrowhead. Like, we don't need the arrowhead anymore. Like, give it to the conquistadors, fucking roll out. Like, right, but then they need it at the end of the movie yeah. because the plot says so. But we, but that was never explained. Nope. The arrowhead nope. was supposed to, like, guide you to the tree. That's what it was explained as to me. And like I said, if it was in the first five movies on the movie, like, five minutes of the movie, we missed it. And it wasn't our fault. It was badly explained. If you walked through this whole two-hour script and tried to pick apart every single plot hole, you would get bored halfway through because there's too many things that don't make sense or aren't explained and are actual plot holes. It's it's so fucking annoying. And then Frank died. Uh, yep. And then, I, dude, I was so excited. I, can, I thought he was I, fucking dead. I cannot tell you how stoked I was that you have Dwayne Johnson in a movie where most of his contracts explicitly state that he cannot be injured by opponents in fight scenes because while Dwayne Johnson is a really great guy, he's kind of pompous about his contracts. He's got an ego. He's got an ego. Uh, he's worth a gajillion dollars. The dude... Straight up gets murdered. He gets like he gets stabbed, stabbed through the heart. With pulls like a... himself further onto the sword so that he can steal the arrowhead from the guy who stabbed him. And then like and then falls off the tree. Tosses the arrowhead to Lily, which is some shit, by the way. But falls off the tree, hits like seven thick tree trunk-sized branches on the way down. And you see his Hold body it. like he he, he ragdolls his way out of the tree, hits a rock, and then disappears under the water of the river. It's like it was brutal one of for the a most, Disney movie. One of the most shockingly brutal Disney movie deaths. The second one comes later in the same movie. One of the more brutal Disney deaths I have ever seen in a movie. 
And I was so excited. I was like, holy fuck, they killed a main character. He was a part of the driving plot force. That's fucking crazy. Maybe we're actually going to get somewhere. We're going to have stakes in the movie. I was really hoping Trader Sam was going to, like, lead the rest of the expedition and this was all going to, like, be done. But then... But then... I wrote... These were my notes. I wrote, oh, he dead. And if he's not, fuck this movie. And then I wrote, I fucking hate this movie. Because <laughs> guess who's not fucking dead? Because he's also a zombie! Why? So oh my god, he's also a, one of the conquistadors that's been around for 400 years, and that's why he's been working on the river as a tour boat guide, because he's also, he was the he was the cartographer who made the map that brought Lily here. Oh my gosh, it's so mind-blowing. Blech. You peaked the mic, bro. You peaked the mic for that whole, that whole ordeal was just blown the fuck out. You yelled so loud. You, you just, it, your podcast etiquette just disappeared. I got really upset. <laughs> He's not dead. He's not dead. He's a conquistador. He's been alive for 400 years, too. You know... He's he the cartographer that made the map that brought Lily here. Is that better? Did everyone hear me that time? No, you're still peeking the fucking microphone. Just... Yeah. How come when you yell Because I do it from way the fuck over there. You remember the plot twist in Curse of the Black Pearl where you find out that Johnny Depp also is cursed and turns into a, a fucking skeleton in the moonlight? You remember that and how fucking mind-blowing that was? This is like that, but exactly the same, so it's super annoying. I just want someone to actually die and stay dead. Like, when they kill Jon Snow, keep him dead. When they kill off people, just keep him dead. We're so tired of seeing people come back. Red Wedding, all these motherfuckers, okay? George R.R. R. Martin needs to write something shit for Disney so that it has stakes, okay? I'm tired of this shit. I'm, I, it happens not just in Disney, though. Like, anime... Every fucking TV show now, movie, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. Just let them fucking die. Oh, you know who kills off their characters, but not as, like, as high of a rate as uh, George R.R. R. Martin? The Walking Dead kills their characters. That's true. They kill their main characters. You get a couple of seasons, and then it's just, that's the end for you. It's a realistic apocalypse. I kind of like that. I don't like the show very much for other reasons, but I like that they commit to the bit. Now... Dwayne's not dead, but he does still have a sword in his chesticles. He's not uh, bleeding, though, or injured in any way. Right, so everyone's like, huh? And then they, they spend probably, it's maybe a three-minute scene, but they spend one minute and 55 seconds of it making double entendres and innuendos that definitely don't fit the motif of the rest of the movie. It's funny, and it's fine, but it's so out of place with the rest of the way the movie has gone that it just doesn't... It's a horrible clash. It. I feel like that's the way the characters were supposed to have been if this movie got, like, a PG-13 or, like, an R rating even, where they could, like, swear and be, like, normal people. But it's a Disney movie, so it can't be like that. And so 
it, it, it literally it literally felt like that's the one scene that the executives were like, eh, we're not going to cut that out. But the rest of the time that they're like that, cut that. Cut all of it. It, it literally felt like a like you were watching the movie in PG, and then for one scene, the tape gets lifted off your eyes, and you're watching the movie as it was shot. And you're like, oh, oh, what, huh? They're making sex jokes. What? Oh. And then it comes back down after they pull the sword out of him, and it, they're not like that at all for the rest of the movie. It's befuddling. It was it's like a very... Out of place. It's so out of place. It was and a it good the scene. It was filmed. It was comedically yeah. timed well. But yeah, it just, it didn't Ar- go there. No, arguably it's one of the better scenes writing-wise in the whole movie. It just doesn't fit. So it's bad. And then, so mm. then we go back to the boat, because we, we we always go back to the boat, because this is a movie about a jungle cruise. I don't know if you caught that. Um, <laughs> I It wouldn't shock me if you did, or if you missed it, but, um, and then Lily starts poking a lot of questions into, like, like, you can't bleed, but you can breathe. I'm confused, and I wish I was joking when I say that's the actual line she fucking said. And all that I can think of after that whole scene with the weird sexual innuendos is, uh, but can you fuck? Does the dick work? Because that's kind of what we're implying here now. If like, you don't have blood, if you don't have blood in your veins, can you inflate your dick? Yeah. I submit you cannot. According to Twilight logic, you can. Twilight was written by a sociopath. No, it was written by a Mormon. That's even worse. Anyways. Here's me taking shots at the Mormons. Um, it's I my will, podcast. I'll do what I want. I will say one of my other favorite scenes, which actually stuck out more to me, but it's also the exact same thing that we saw from the beginning. Um, but with more backstory, because we find out, like I said, that he is the cartographer, and he was on the expedition, and so we get the actual story. So what we got before was, like, the folklore story at the beginning, and now we get the actual story of a, like, reaccount, like, of what happened, actually, when they, like, came and, like, tried to find the tears from the moon. That's what it's called, right? Yeah, tears of the moon? Yeah. Um, and I will say, that whole entire flashback would have been a... I would have rather watched that movie. I would have rather watched that movie because the whole flashback with the rock music was really cool. Yeah, they played a Metallica song. It was really good. It was sick. It was cinematically excellent. It was However, if they had done that shit, also, Dwayne had hair again, so that was fun. I, I did not recognize him. If they had run that scene in the first five minutes of the movie, might have been a better movie. I might have understood what was happening. The more. story might have been cohesive, but we couldn't have that, could we? Um, and then we find out how they actually got stuck in the trees, which is which is why I brought up the fact that the fact the German man just found them without any trouble makes no sense because Frank trapped all his friends there. Well, they're now enemies. Yeah, they're enemies now because he betrayed them because he they murdered a bunch of tribes people to get the arrowhead to go find the tears. And he did not jive with that. And he. Um, basically made it so they were trapped in a cave so the river would pull them, try to pull them back so, like, the tree branches would hold them down, but they couldn't get to the river so they turned to stone. 
And that was like, I was like, that was really clever. Like I said, I would have much rather watched the entire movie of that. It was well written. That scene was well done. It was well paced. It looked cool. It sounded cool. Um, yeah. Just was better. It, yeah, it, man. Whoever was in charge of that scene should have written the rest of the movie. Now, now, I, I did write that that was a very clever trap. It's very smart to think about the literal verbiage of the curse, because that's something that people in movies don't do when they get, like, cursed with actual magic, is they don't think about the binding words of magic, which they kind of make a big deal about in Harry Potter, but they tiptoe around it a lot. Um, if you think about the words, then you just become a magic lawyer, and you lawyer your way around the curse so that you can win in the end, which is exactly what he did. Awesome. Great. What I cannot abide by is there being a movie where magic is real, Dwayne Johnson's in the movie, and there are pre-Nazi Nazis also in the movie. And this, this has all three of those things. Now, the pre-Nazi Nazis did find those conquistadors and awaken them. And we don't know how or why they knew where to go what would awaken them, and that they would pay attention to them at all and not just straight up try to murder them immediately. No, it's, do the Nazis, do the pre-Nazis know that magic exists and works? That's not clear. Some people clearly are hesitant about it in the scene. They look at their boss and they go, uh, what? I know, because he talks to snakes and bees a lot and kind of looks weird. Yeah, shit's just fucking bonkers. At all times. It's like half the people in the movie got the real script where magic is real. And they were like, yeah, yeah, okay, we'll do this movie. And then the other half of the people in the movie didn't get those pages, didn't get that script. And they went, what the, what the fuck? And they just spent the whole time going, what the fuck is happening here? Then we're back on the boat. Where Frank's been telling Lily all of this, and he, uh... Lily We've abandoned Jack Whitehall, by the way, because he got injured. Yeah, he hurt his foot. He got an ankle injury. And then he's fine again. But that doesn't happen till later. There's no explanation, really, how that... Anyways, um... I bet you it's because he wasn't available for that shooting day. <laughs> I don't know. But there's no explanation as to why he suddenly can, like, just walk around again. Anyways, um... Lily gives Frank the arrowhead... Like, as a show of good faith. And uh, Frank takes a look at him. He's like, I think this actually belongs to you. And I was like, um, excuse me. Actually, I think it belongs to the tribe of people that just got, like, fucking ran over over there. So maybe, like, should give it back to them. <laughs> just saying, if we're going to, like, start debating over who owns the arrowhead, maybe give it back to the fucking tribes people. <sighs> um, so then we go to where the, the place is. Which is... A different bay than... It's a place that gets named exactly one time. Like, they spend a lot of the movie naming a particular place that they think it is, and then it turns out to not be there. It turns out to be somewhere else, and they name it exactly one time, and then do not speak the name for the rest of the time. I know it's the it's the part of the river where the snake is eating its own tail, and that's about all I remember. That's... Yeah. The, it's the briefest of explanations. They go there, and they, they Dwayne jumps in the water because it's this bay. It's uh, it's this basically a cul-de-sac in a river where 
there's waterfalls all around them and they're just sort of in this really beautiful looking spot he swims down and is trying to scope out what's going on and he finds uh what it looks like basically a cage with a uh with a lever <laughs> um, but Dwayne, as you might know, is a <gasps> small mountain of a man and will not fit through the bars. So now we've manufactured some tension because now we got to get Lily, who's afraid of swimming <laughs> and drowning, into the water and make her go through there uh, to pull the lever to make something happen. We don't know what's going to happen, but it's something, right? So <coughs> eventually she is convinced to get in the water. Dwayne will do the swimming. She'll just sort of hang on to him and he swims her down there. And mushes her through the bars of this cage. She takes a step for reasons, triggers a trap. The fucking bars swing closed, so she can't get out of this cage now. Uh, has a little bit of panic, and he's like emphatically trying to get her to pull the fucking lever. So she goes and she pulls it, and it doesn't go all the way. Uh, and she like looks back, like, "What am I supposed to do?" And now we have what I dreaded seeing my whole time working in and dealing in movies. The worst reason for a manufactured on-screen kiss of all time. She can't get the lever. She starts freaking out. He's trying to get her to come over there. And I know what's about to happen because I have a brain. What's about to happen is he knows she can't breathe. He needs to get her more oxygen so that she can pull the fucking lever, right? So he can't say that because they're underwater. So the best he can do is try to put his face up to the bars, uh, which looks like the initiation of a kiss, right? She doesn't like that and, like, mushes his face. And he has to... Sign language his way into showing her that she needs to breathe and he can give her air to breathe briefly. So fucking commit to this for a second. And then she's like, fine, whatever. And so then they do the most manufactured on-screen kiss of all time where he's just breathing air into her lungs, which is a thing you can do. Mm -hmm. And it will work. But I don't know that they really needed that to be their point of tension in the movie. I feel like it was unnecessary. And he swims up to the top to get more air because he also needs air. Uh, and so she goes and she gets it almost all the way down, turns around to look for more air. Motherfucker is gone. Comes back. She is once again in a panic. Tries to pull him closer to the bar so that they can do the thing. Bonks his fucking forehead on the bars. And he's like down there like, oh, now he's got a concussion. <laughs> Gives her the oxygen. She finally gets the thing. He's going back up for more. As he leaves the, the side of the cage, we've hit the switch. Uh, it's released piranhas. Booby trap. Booby trap. Again. So now there's piranhas because this is the Amazon. It's full of piranhas. That makes sense, right? But we know Homeboy can't die or be injured, really. So he's just out there getting swarmed by these motherfuckers. She's stuck in the cage. And the water level becomes lower. Somewhere down below them, it has started draining 
this cul-de-sac of river the fish away. Also, just fuck off. Yes, at a certain point, the fish do just fuck off for no reason. There's never like a reason given for like the way the fish fuck off. It is not explained. They were munching along, and then they were like, Meh. so then Dwayne gets air. She drowns, uh, and he goes back down to get her, and water drains all the way away, and she's slumped and is unconscious in the air now, and he picks her up. Does not do CPR. Granted, I don't know in 1916 if we knew exactly how to do that. Yeah, maybe they were being historically accurate. I don't know what we did know in terms of how to help drowning victims at that point in time, but... I did sit there and yeah, go, They would not have known CPR. So you know, okay, so he did exactly what would have made sense at the time, which is to just shake her a little bit and be like, wake up! Yeah, and CPR wasn't invented until 1960. So 40 years later, we figured out how to save people from being drowned. Um, wow, so many people have died over the last 2,000 years. <laughs> Damn. Uh, so eventually she coughs up the water and uh, uh, is roused into a wakefulness. And fucking smacks him in the face and is like, you left me. And he's like, there were piranhas. He, and he is totally right. He did everything correctly, but did get stopped on his way to getting more oxygen for her and had to deal with the piranhas. And she's mad about it. And I was like, you can't, you can't, you can't just keep kicking her while she's down. She's already a shadow of a character and now you made her worse (laughs) it's so fucking awful and then we spend an obnoxious amount of time talking about what we want to do with the petals which is that's what the tears of the moon are they're they're flower petals just in case that was never explained because it really wasn't the entire movie flower petals and the only reason I bring this up is because we spend an obnoxious amount of time. While we know we're being chased, while we know there's a time crunch, because now we figured out also when we read the arrowhead that like it has to happen during this moon and it can like the tree can only bloom during this moon. So like we got to get in there. We got to get do the stuff. And we spend like 10, 15 minutes, not on screen time, but like in movie time talking about the fucking petals when we know where the entrance is and you want to know what happens lo and behold oh you guys fucked around enough that guess who's also in the bay the germans surprise motherfucker it's the submarine again the submarine is beached but because like all the water drains down to reveal like the super ancient like Ooh, history buffs are going to get massive. It would be Aztec. It looks Aztec. It looks Aztec. Aztecs were down there, right? Mayans were up higher. And like... Further... Yeah. I mean... I'm going to say Aztecs don't... It's got a vibe of... Don't come at me. A lot of... It's got a lot of South American vibes, which makes sense because we're in Brazil. Anyways, um... And I... They basically are blackmailing because what has happened, what has transpired is while all this was going on, uh, the Germans found and captured uh, McGregor. Yep. And he led them to where they were with the, because they did, they did threaten to genocide 
the they, entire tribe. They, did. they threatened to torpedo the home of the tribe with every bit of arsenal they had on that submarine. Unless... Which, unless he would tell them where they went. And so McGregor makes the responsible decision uh, to sort the problem out later and save 400 people. Uh, so bully for him. He's still the best character in this movie. Without, the right without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um, Lily caused a bunch of tribes people to die, so, um, and so we find out that basically Frank wants the pedal so that he can die, because he's really tired of fucking living. Lily wants the pedal to basically revolutionize medicine and cure all the ailments of people. Super noble cause. Still hate her. Um... And then we find out that German guy wants the pedal so that he can rule forever and win the war. And I wrote, you know, maybe we should have let him get the pedal and rule forever because he would have been a better ruler than Hitler. We would have never he, had he, Hitler. He never indicated that he wanted to genocide the Jewish community. So he also may or may not have a Jewish name. It's unclear. I'm just saying. Maybe maybe we made the wrong call. Um, We roll up the tree is dead. This tree that we've been traveling to this whole time is dead. Oh, no. Wait, wait, wait. The Germans board the boat. And I begin my historical accuracy gripe. Oh, okay. Because I note something that I wait another minute for on screen to confirm. The Germans board the boat with what appears to my eye to be the American made browning trench gun. I'm going to sit back for a minute. This could take some time. This I is don't not, not going to take more than two minutes. In World War One, we needed a weapon to beat the Germans with. They were using gas war crime. So we made the trench gun, which is a pump action shotgun. And the Germans called it a war crime. I'm not saying that these guys weren't frontline operatives in World War I on the German side. But there's no way in any amount of heaven, hell, or in between that these dudes rolled up to the Amazon with American-made shotguns that... They have no explanation for having. Befuddling to me. I like Disney did good on a bunch of other stuff for historical accuracy for the movie. And then just handed them weapons that they had in the cache at Disney. At the studios. They were like, yeah, this looks old. Dude, we used that weapon to annihilate them in World War I. They wouldn't have had it. They probably never got their hands on it. Up to a certain point, and then when they finally did, they looked at it and went, "Jesus Christ, it's unethical." I, it was it's so annoying to me that like that little thing they just didn't pay attention to. It looks like it. I'm not gonna say it is in fact a Browning trench gun, but it looks an awful lot like one. Wake up! Oh God, is it over? It was less than two minutes. Is the boring gun talk over? Less than two minutes. All right. Um, the tree is dead. We all go inside, 
holding like guns to our heads to find out that the tree we've been coming to this whole time is dead. That's all I got. There's no explanation given. You did say right up to that point, you were like, I'll give this movie a 10 if the tree is dead. Yeah, but it wasn't actually dead, because then he had to do some magic bullshit. It was just sleeping. She was sleeping. The tree was dead, but only kind of. It was dead asterisk. <laughs> there are no rules. Um, And this is where we find out that we actually do need the arrowhead. Surprise, you do need it. That James and I didn't know we needed this entire time because apparently you need it to make the tree do tree shit and not be dead anymore. Zombie tree. Um. So they use the arrowhead, they break it apart after deciphering some more clues, <coughs> wake the tree up, and then... The Germans also sing the entire time while they're doing yeah. this and just fire their guns into the sky for... No explained reason, and it's really I think weird. It's, I think it's a, you know what it is? It's a natural five intimidation check. Where you're in there and you're going, I know that they're the powerful group that's sort of in charge of the situation right now, and they're doing some weird shit off to the side of me. And I think they think it's intimidating, but it isn't. It's just really strange. It, it just felt really out of place it'd be different if like he was counting down and like every five seconds like fired off that that would be better i don't know it was weird he made all of his soldiers sing i yes it's just so much of this stuff is like well that's really random i wonder why that happened and then there's no explanation for it um then we also get uh i yeah james was right they wake up the tree which had to be during a Sorry, I wrote it down. A, a crying, crying moon, moon. Which I, I would like to know what that means, because that's never explained. It's just called a crying moon. It's but... the same thing as the Zodiac calendar. Hmm? It's the same thing as the moon phase Zodiac calendar bullshit that doesn't make any sense. Taurus rising, whatever the fuck. Same thing. All right. Do you, are you, like, is that accurate, or are you just talking out your ass right now? I'm insulting the movie. Okay, because I was like, did you actually look up what the crying moon was? Because I was going to. No, the it, the crying moon sounds like what a white dude in a writer's room was like. I wonder if they ever looked at the moon in the rain and they were like, it looks like it's crying. That's something the tribesmen would say. It's a crying moon. Like, fuck you, dude, and your brain. That's dumb. Um, I have a lot of questions regarding the magic tree and the crying moon. None, none of them will be answered. None of them were answered. None of them were explained for the entire movie. And then an unexplained moment happens that you would only catch if you were paying close attention to visual cues between main character protagonists in which Lily grabs a gun off of a German and shoots Dwayne and he goes, ah, and stays on his feet for like a second too long and you're like, what's happening? And then shoots him again and he goes, and then falls into the water. Which I'm pretty sure they use the exact same G CGI that they did for the other fall because he hits he, like a tree branch the exact same way. He's super ragdolled, but at least this time it made sense. And I was like, okay, that's he's, an interesting thing that we've done. He's playing dead because basically the German was like, you guys get one pedal for helping. And so Lily knows that he can't die. He can't so die, so she shot him twice. Bang, bang. They get the pedal, blah, blah, blah. And then the actual character arc begins because Dwayne 
sneaks up onto the boat where the like four, three, four, three. They needed four. Three, go- they four needed Germans four, four on Germans Jack Whitehall. Should just watch McGregor the whole yeah. time. And you know the most timid looking of all of them, who's just sitting there in his suit, just hanging out. Dwayne sneaks up on the boat. They engage in a fist fight, and it's been stated partially as a joke, but. It's been a stated fact that everyone in the Houghton family just has good form on their punches. Like, they they hit real good, right? So, without more than, like, a couple of seconds in this fight, where McGregor is just, like, panicky and doesn't really know what he's doing, he kicks a guy in the nads. It's the second nut shot of the movie, by the way. Uh, and... After he does that, he like it's like confidence gets injected into the back of his fucking brain, and he just starts going to town on these pre-Nazi Nazis, and handily wins this fistfight, including reactionary spinning and punching and catching Dwayne in the face, which is for like, the second time. I think it happened to. Uh, he gets hit by them three times. Yeah, so. like Lily <clears throat> does it, McGregor does it, and the McGregor does it again. Right. And so it, it was. It was a actually funny moment, and it was like, holy shit! He's like got confidence now. He's winning a fight. He's growing as a human being. This is great. This is fantastic. But then we have to carry on with the rest of this joke of a movie, which shortest moon ever. Honestly, it's moving at the speed of a million billion miles an hour. Because apparently, while all this was going on and this was happening. The moon was moving out of the little hole that's in the ceiling of the temple. And it's exactly like Pirates of the Caribbean. That's how I know they didn't really write the script. It's exactly like that, where the thing only works if the moonlight's touching it. So the pirates are only shown to be skeletons with their true form while the moonlight's touching them. The tree can only bloom while the moonlight's touching it. So when the moon moves, the tree starts to die again, which sets off the next section of the movie. Uh, Lily does manage to snag... One singular petal off the dying tree when there were billions around them. Still not sure how that happened. Basically, the tree ex machina is its way into giving her one petal. And um, then the conquistadors show up. Yeah, they, they finally make it there. And they're like, surprise! And there's a big fight. And they go after her at first, but she managed to get the... Pedal to Frank. Pedal to Frank. So they go after Frank. And then... Who Frank does a handoff to McGregor for the pedal. Right. So it looks like he has it. And at the moment, he's still cursed, so he can't die. So that's a smart option. All eyes on him. Um, and he intends to... Ram the boat. Ram the boat. And block off the river. Because if you block off the water, the conquistadors turn to... Stone. So, that's a good idea, right? The conquistadors also attempt to murder the pre-Nazi Nazi leader, Jesse Plemons, uh, with snakes that bite him on the face. Venomous snakes bite him on the face. And then a minute and a half later, he shows up to attack... The Houghton brother-sister combo. Gets punched in the face. Gets really rocked by McGregor. Like, it's a brief interchange of blows, but it is one-sided entirely. Gets rocked, bumps into a wall, and then a piece of the fucking 
wall falls down and in you can't look away from this violence absolutely crushes this guy and it's the second most brutal disney death that either one of us has seen in a minute like it's not like the one where it's like oh you see this falling and you see the guy under it and then like they turn away like show like the characters go they don't show it's no reaction shot there is not a reaction shot to this death you just watch it hit him and then you see his legs poking out and like twitch a little bit underneath it it's it's like if you got to see the house crush the good witch yeah. or the bad witch or whatever witch it was. I don't remember off the top of my head. The Wicked Witch of the East. Yeah. It's like that, but if you saw the house flatten that bitch, it was like shocking to my eyes. Um, The whole sad part about, quote unquote sad, the whole sad part about the plan that Frank has to trap the conquistadors without the river again is that he will also be trapped without the river. So he will also turn to stone. Sad day. Ultimate sacrifice. But this is a Disney movie and there's 15 minutes of runtime left. So and it can't be over yet. In a character decision that makes no sense, Lily says, you know that whole thing about saving humanity and curing everyone with this flower petal that I worked so hard to get? Fuck that. Lady, I'm horny. Lady boners are stronger. Boop. What's and the pedal in Stone Dwayne Johnson's mouth? And then what I, I wrote I wrote the note. I said, damn, she straight up said, fuck the rest of the world. I want Dwayne inside these pants. He also calls her pants through the whole Which entire is, movie. So That joke is only funny if you've watched the movie and heard how many times they called her pants for the audacity of a woman to wear trousers. Um... It was really funny to me when I wrote it, and I know it doesn't land right on the podcast, but fuck me, is it funny to it think was about. A, it was a great joke for, for me. I enjoyed it. <laughs> it was really funny. Um, He's cured, and then through some magic and bullshit. Through a unreal ex machina bullshit. He gets healed by the pedal. He's no longer cursed, so he's human he's again. He's got blood on his face. He immediately is injured from all of the actual violence that's occurred to him in the last few minutes. As like he's got blood, his head hurts, he's tender again for the first time in four hundred years. He's like, oh, oh god, oh. And then the moon peeks through this tiny sliver of a crack in the ceiling and onto a tree. One branch that reached across the fucking planet. To where they are and blooms one petal that they can reach so that they'll have some... The the audacity to write a movie where even the littlest things do not have stakes. There's no risk to anything in the movie. Even in Jumanji, they made it a risk when they were like, oh, guess what? If you die three times, you just die. Or if you don't finish the game. They made it so you could experience the fun of being reckless because it's a video game. So you know, like, you have a safety net to do dangerous activity, right? Or even in the original, like, all this stuff will go away if you finish the game. But, like, you have to finish the game. Right. Which is treacherous as hell to do. It's a a plot with stakes. And I specifically say Jumanji because that's another Dwayne Johnson jungle movie where supernatural bullshit happens, but at least there's a risk involved. Even Jumanji 2 was good. There's never risk in this movie. No one's ever in danger. Nothing ever goes wrong. A problem occurs in front of you, and unlike 
real life, you come up with a solution or you will a solution into existence before you ever reach that problem and you avoid it entirely. And that is such a horrible way to tell stories. They take the pedal back to the uh, hoity-toity... London. London's, not, I was going to say the society people oh, yeah, that yeah, yeah. rejected them. And then they reject them. Ooh. They and, straight up do. They're like, hey, f- hey, by the way, you're old. Fuck you. We don't want to be a part of your society. My and, sister's a professor at Cambridge. So I formally reject your rejection. Um, And then they teach The Rock to drive a car. And that's In a the, terrible purple suit. And that's the end of the movie. I it Honestly... In the same Disney era that gave us Turning Red, we got... And Encanto? We got this absolute travesty of a movie. Like, if you think about the writing that has come out of Disney recently, like Soul, Onward, Encanto, Turning Red... All these fucking great well-rounded characters with backstories that are interesting. And they're and flawed, but they're good. Like Maybe it's just the animation writers are better. It's all the Pixar people. Um, but you know, And you know what? Uh, just to throw another and shot at... Miranda. Just to throw another shot at Disney, because I saw it go by in chat a little while ago. They also just put out a movie I never saw an ad for. I don't know the name of, but I do know it bombed at box office its opening weekend last weekend. A historical bomb, and is set to lose like a hundred and sixty million. Yeah, Chat just said it. Strange World. I never saw an ounce of advertising for this. It's a almost exclusively like movie with like characters that I get. I I I haven't done any fucking research on it because I didn't. Nothing nothing about about it. it. I didn't even know it came out until they were like this bombed, and I was like, they put out a movie. It's so unlike Disney to not advertise for a movie that they made, especially one they spent $180 million making. And I'm I'm just, I, I would like to watch it simply so I can judge if it's, I, no, don't put it on the list. I'm going to watch this movie on my own time. But I, I, I want to know what the fuck happened. Because I don't get that shit. As for podcast land, again, I'm going to apologize one time just for the holidays. These episodes are coming out not as frequently as we would like them to. Um, and the recordings are not happening as frequently as we would like them to. And we've even gone a little long on this one. So I'm going to wrap this up quick. Um, by the time you hear this, it probably will be. It might almost be the new year. Yeah. So Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Um, make safe choices. Hope you get whatever you want. Happy holidays. Happy Kwanzaa. I think I've hit all the bars. This movie sucked. Goodbye. <laughs>